Many people don't get what they want from what they do. Not from their jobs, sometimes not their families, the government, their religion, and most importantly, not themselves. In our culture, something's missing. Part of what is missing is purpose, values, worthwhile standards against which our lives can be measured. The unexamined life is not worth living, and that was said by Socrates about 2,000 years ago. I think it's correct. If you don't examine your life, you most likely will scramble about seeking distraction in media, people's approval, drugs, shallow things. The thing that drives me to do this show and much of what I do is to try and influence people to start believing themselves by firstly starting to think for themselves. I want to learn from people who seem to be on a similar path of self-discovery in business, leadership, relationships, education, mental health and physical health and more. If we can really start to take our life seriously, I mean like as if we're not coming back, as if this is all we're guaranteed of in this life, then we really start listening and really want to examine what life is all about. Yeah, like I don't, I'm, I'm scared that people will see me and think, oh, she's got this great life that mm. I don't have. When am I ever going to achieve that? You're listening to the Examine Life podcast with Matt Purcell, and I'm very excited about my next guest, Dami M. Dami was born in South Korea, and I was born in South Korea. I'm adopted from South Korea. That's why my voice sounds the way it is. I've got a very strong Australian accent. Dami M won X Factor back in 2013 on its fifth season, and since then she's earned multiple ARIA accreditations, including number one chart positions, multiple platinum sales and touring across the nation. In 2016, Dami travelled to Sweden and she represented Australia at the Eurovision contest, where she placed second in the world, in the world, performing in front of an audience of 200 million people with her power ballad, Sound of Silence, which you need to check out. It's an amazing, amazing song. Dami is about to finish the year with some regional performances. So across Australia, she's performing on the 3rd of November at Gladstone Entertainment Centre, the 23rd of November at Coffs Harbour, and the 24th of November in Newcastle, which is my hometown. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes so you can jump on and grab a ticket. And next year, in April and May, she's on the road with legendary band Human Nature, and she's performing with the boys. And we're going to get into a lot about the tour. We're going to get into her new music. And most importantly, what I'm really into is getting into what makes her tick. What's her beliefs? What's her values? What keeps her strong? I really appreciate her taking the time out to speak to us. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Dami Im. Dami Im, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, pleasure. Pleasure to be here. And you're busy busy lady at the moment you're about to jump on tour across different parts of australia and <laughs> next year with human nature i love human nature but like that yeah i grew up listening to the the boys sing about love and in their white suits and white pants like the backstreet boys days tell us a little bit about how you feel about that how's that how's that prep coming along yeah um it's good i i actually got to record a song with them on their last album which mm-hmm. is fun and you know so now I'm going on tour with them I'll be singing uh, my own set and we'll be singing some songs with the boys and yeah they're, they're really really lovely guys and you know <laughs> super professional and so experienced with what they do so yeah I'm really looking forward to it. And your latest music is pretty cool like it's a bit of like a time machine going back in time with the mm-hmm. Carpenters and the latest one, which has a mixture of your favourites on there, a little bit of a jazz influence in there. Right? Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. So you got a bit of an old soul. Is that kind of your your jam? Or what? Tell yeah. Us about. So I well, I started off playing the piano before I started singing, mm-hmm. and um, I loved 
singing some of the classic jazz standards and playing piano and singing those old songs. So I, mm. yeah, with this album, I mean, I put on, you know, two of my original songs, but I also got to sing some of my, you know, my favorites that I grew up listening to, like Aretha Franklin and yeah. Ella Fitzgerald, Nora Jones, all these classic songs. And yeah, it, it just feels really great when I get to just play and sing and kind of make it fit my own style rather than relying on I guess all these other players. Yeah, yeah, it's bringing things from the past that have meant something to you as well. So like these songs have been like some of them 40, 50 years ago, mm -hmm. and people might have been hearing them through you, like now, and they've mm -hmm. never heard that. So it's pretty cool. Has music always been a big part of your life? Like when did you start getting influenced into doing music? So I started playing piano like before I could talk. I was just like, you know, we had. <laughs> We had a piano at our house, and my mum was an opera singer in Korea. Oh, really? So um, she thought, she thought, oh, you know, she looks interested. So she got me <laughs> monkey to get, see, monkey do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she got me onto lessons, like mm -hmm. every other kid in Korea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you see the maestros on piano. <laughs> yeah. Was yeah. that you? When, can we find you on YouTube, like a yeah, two-year-old? Yeah. Going, really? Well, not two, not quite two, <laughs> but when, yeah, like when I was ten, I was like doing like Chopin, Rachmaninoff, wow. like it was my thing, and then. You know, I did it because like I was getting recognized for showing off and all that. But then <laughs> I secretly wanted to be a singer and I I wanted to sing pop songs and that's yeah, that was in high school I started to, you know, just sing and practice in my bedroom. Yeah, and well, so on. When in high school, cuz you mentioned you were from Korea, was, is that in Australia now? Yeah, so we moved to Brisbane uh, when I was nine years old. My mum mm. and dad thought it'd be good for me and my brother to experience something new, learn English and kind mm. of grow up, you know, with kids where they just kind of, in their heads, they thought, you know, in Australia, kids don't study. They go and like run around on the field and swim and just do whatever they want. <laughs> have, have, have a childhood, you know, rather than, <laughs> being like forced to study and like from when you're like seven you know so was, is that the culture for for those who don't know like with Korean culture would yeah, your childhood I, have been a lot different do you reckon if you stayed I in think that? it's so much more competitive over there so mm. you know kids have to study like a lot and even after school they have to go to like after school things where they learn more like maths more English and they're just like yeah it's it's really different to here where you know I got to do a lot more music and you know do like all these activities like I love doing like orchestras and bands and like all that and <laughs> yeah it would have been quite different I think I wouldn't have had that chance if I grew up in Korea. Mm. Yeah, so you started out on piano I've read that you are a bit of a flute player you did violin mm -hmm. um, played the triangle pretty well I heard too. Yes. Yes, it's not an instrument that should be mastered in an afternoon. It's, you could injure yourself. Just getting back into your background, like mum and dad, any brother, sister, younger brother. He played. Well, he still plays the bass, mm -hmm. bass guitar. He plays the saxophone. Um, <laughs> he's really good at it, but mm. he, like, he didn't want to do it seriously. I think he was just like sick of like everyone always playing music at the house and like practicing. He's like, nah, yeah, it's not, it's, not cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> When did you start thinking this may be, did you ever think that this would be your career? 
I, I always thought I was going to be a classical pianist. Mm-hmm. I just, even though that's not what I wanted to do, I thought, well, I guess that's... What I'm good at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good at and that's my, I guess that's what my parents want me to do. It's my destiny. I've got to practice <laughs> and like yeah. become the world's greatest pianist, do like concerts and yeah. teach, be a professor or something. Be a professor of piano. It, it seems so boring to me, but mm-hmm. I, I just thought that I had no choice. Yeah, I think so many yeah. people feel like that. Mm-hmm. I hear the cries of young people going, I'm meant to do this. My mm. parents need me to be this. I think yeah, especially for, you know, people with Asian backgrounds, mm-hmm. or not just those, but, like, but you know, yeah, there sure. is an expectation that you do certain paths and you have to excel and you've got to make money and yeah. make them, you know, honour your parents with, like, a prestigious job. And, yeah, yeah, I always make jokes in schools about that, you know, like, if you don't study, your Asian friends will beat you. <laughs> like it's you'll be shame. You'll bring shame upon your family. <laughs> when you when you were on season five of X Factor, you were. Um, I mean, I think your description was like piano teacher at the time. Mm-hmm. So you were you're on your way to be. You're on that path, weren't you? Yes. So I, I was teaching piano. Like I started teaching in my home since I was in year ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's good pocket money you know it is good yeah and but but I, I I had already started singing by then um I was singing at church a lot that yeah. was like a really friendly safe environment where I can like sing and then no one really like you know even if I'm a bit off like people go oh it's lovely I know it's, it's pretty nice like you yeah. could be singing off camera like you sang so well yeah today. and they think you're the best thing like that was like really good really encouraging and um I'd already I, I went and auditioned for my master's degree in singing jazz yeah. singing like that's random right but yeah that was after I did a piano course at uni to make my parents happy <laughs> and then I was like I can do what I want to do now so how do I uh-huh. start singing so I of course I didn't know what else I'm like I'm gonna do a master's and and somehow I did that course and afterwards I got out of the course but I'm like I still don't have a career, you know. Yeah, well, it doesn't yeah. you got a piece of paper? So. so, so let me get this straight. You, everyone knew that you're a fantastic master of piano player, but how many people knew of the voice that you were hiding? Or well, people at church were like, "Oh, you're yeah. pretty good. That's nice," <laughs> you know. Um, but I wasn't really doing it that seriously. Mm. But I, I really wanted to do it, so I was like making songs, like recording my own songs at home, and yeah, like my parents knew that I was just like. St- singing non-stop in my house, like probably driving them nuts, you know, like <laughs> since I was like in year nine or something, ah, I just kept cool. singing. Mm. Um, yeah, but then like it was only after I did the masters, people were like, oh, so you're gonna do this seriously, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's pretty amazing because I remember watching that, um, your audition, those years ago, it's gone quickly, hasn't it? Like how many years ago was this X Factor? 2013 so wow, <laughs> yeah I was like yeah it's just incredible because I had this suspicious a suspicion I wanted to ask you a couple of things for the musician lovers out there like surely Dami like I've seen you play I've heard you sing she, like she's disciplined like so many people there is an audience of people mm. that think they can just jump on X Factor or a big opportunity 
without putting the art in or have discipline or routine. Mm. Yeah, I guess, yeah, people, as you mentioned, people don't see that when you're on stage. It just like, looks like it just happens. But I guess, mm. yeah, it's so important that you, you put the work in and, and then, you know, one day, like, an opportunity like that pops up and then you're able to show the people what you've got. But then if you're not ready for it, it's yeah. kind of like you get the opportunity, but it, what do you have, you know? That's you, right. You miss it. That's what I kind of seen. Is like what I'm trying to get out of you is like, you um you're ready. It seemed like you're ready for the big stuff. Like your voice and like your confidence was coming flourishing throughout the show. And then there are lots of people I come across that think, oh yeah, she just people just think you know like you get to the top without you just get airdrop to the top <laughs> of the mountain. But it's like you gotta put the hard work in, man. I think those shows really want the viewers to sort of believe that those contestants come on like and sing for the first time and just go wow you know they just did it but really like every one of those contestants like they put in years and years of hard work and it's just you know they were able to showcase it when the opportunity came so what kind of message do you want people to get from your music and from your life because you're a fantastic singer and artist and when I think about female role models you're one of the first that come to mind right now because you're for lots of causes, like you, you're for compassion, like you're an ambassador for mm. you, you're open about your beliefs. And um, it's just like when I'm thinking about role models for young people particularly, that's what, you're one of the, the names that come to mind. <laughs> well, it's so heavy. <laughs> but, um, but I think that's just a natural, I don't think, that seems like to me, like you're not, that's not your aim to kind of do that, but your, your life's for you, what kind of message do you hope that people get from your life? I think when I first kind of started started this career, I was like, oh yeah, I've got to be, you know, this and that and be a role model, da, 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 and all these big aspirations to be like this thing. But then the more I am doing this and working as a singer, I realise like it's, I guess, it's really tough, you know, just managing my life is hard enough yeah, to you know, let alone and, yeah, yeah and yeah. let alone being an example for other people so now I'm sort of just thinking you know if I'm just really giving it my best with what I've got you know use this talent really craft it and I guess share some of my experiences with people in a really honest way through my songs mm. you know through I guess like chatting um and then people can relate to that rather than trying to be somebody who's perfect and you know like this is what a role model should be yeah, I know, because, what, you mean. I know, you know what you sometimes mean. it's yeah. so tough like everybody I think relates more with somebody who's weak and who makes mistakes and kind of struggles like mm-hmm. like everybody else and they go oh I you know that's more human than somebody who's like yeah I've got this together I know what I'm doing you know because <laughs> that's that's Totally not me. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's not me either. I mean, uh, that's that's the danger of you know, particularly our social media landscape, which um, we can post you know certain events and things, and it, we don't show you know our, us just waking up in the morning and mm. you know having a fight or yeah. you know going through some stress. But always um, done up. Like that's something. Let's touch on that a little bit more because I'm in a little bit in that role with with a lot of the work I do. There is when you get a little bit of influence. Like it's a like when you get people's attention and focus, you have a responsibility. Mm. 
and it's um, a lot of as a heavy weight like you said about oh there's one sense where you feel like I have to be perfect and I don't but that's living to please other people it's living there's mm. one sense of that then the other side is well kind of like what the Bible says about Paul says um, follow me as I follow well, what I believe who I mm-hmm. believe it's like well look at my life it's not, it's not going to be perfect but I hope to display mm. some realis- realism to life and I'm doing I'm on my journey hope you yeah. That too. Is that yeah. down to you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's important to, you know, be a good role model and so many people look at other people's lives on social media and they compare themselves with other people and I think it, it, it affects people so much. It affects me when I see other people and they you know, they're doing this and I go, Oh, I can't do that. Mm. Oh, why can't I be like that? You know? And I think I just I don't want to come across like, yeah, like I don't, I'm, I'm scared that people will see me and think, oh, she's got this great life that mm. I don't have. When am I ever going to achieve that? Because I've had people that tell me that, you know, oh, you know, I'm just, you, 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 you've done this and God's blessed you, like you've got this, but what am I doing? I've got, got nothing. But yeah. I really think every person has their own role you know like god god given role like it's and we have different seasons different yeah we have ways. different functions like the body like that idea in the bible about people in society like different parts of the body yeah you know, we don't usually sing songs about toes you know but we sing so look, the eyes get a lot of attention yes you know, yes and, yes and um i guess how would you encourage how do you just for people who are encouraged by that what do you focus on to stop for yourself comparing yourself to other people Oh, I mean, I, I struggle with that from time to time. I wish I could be like that. I wish I could be like confident and, you know, funny and awesome. <laughs> um, but one thing that really helps me is realizing that every everyone feels the same. Mm-hmm. In that they, like the ones that seem super confident, also goes through so much insecurity themselves. You just don't realize that. And once you well, once I actually realized and acknowledged it, it made it so much easier for me to just be like, oh, this is normal. And I guess if everybody's feeling, uh, you know, like they're out of place or insecure, then I guess we're all kind of okay. I'm, I'm okay. And that kind of gave me more confidence in a way. Yeah. It's like, I'm not the only one. And I think when I look at people that I look up to that are achieving great things or they display great qualities that I don't have I remind myself too that every one of those people are majoring one or two or three strengths and they're walking floors we're all mm. we're all broken in some sense of like we're all a little selfish sometimes yes. we're all a little um, uncertain sometimes we're not all knowing when I was a young adult I really had this desire to give back to the world I really wanted to make an impact and I was a musical, creative individual. I had entrepreneurial ideas, but I didn't really have a clear sense of what or how to use those gifts or those those passions. So I volunteered at a charity. I volunteered at a charity that actually spoke in schools, in regional areas and cities across over 100,000 people a year. And I jumped on with this charity and sang and spoke about my adoption. And I came in contact with thousands and thousands of young people in country towns the cities again that were crying out for role models crying out for practical support 
with families, with double incomes these days, with mental illness and mental health concerns on the rise, with youth suicide on the rise, with there's so many challenges that are under the surface of so much of the glam and the showreels on Instagram and Facebook and all that social media. There is a massive need out there for connection, for people to be able to be connected to people who believe in them, who have the hard skills and life skills to be able to take them from where they are to where they want to go. And that's why I created this business called The Green Room. The Green Room is a a service that helps hundreds of families across my region in Newcastle and beyond to be able to mentor people from youth to adults in music tuition, academic tuition, life coaching and performing arts. You combine those together with mentors, people that I've trained up through my qualifications experience to be able to listen, to be able to not just get you to become an achievement machine and a robot, but to care and to feel and to know why you feel what you feel and to be able to support you in times of trouble and to celebrate with you when you when you reach your goals. That's the goal of the Green Room, is to be just like family. And if you want to know about the Green Room, about what I do, I speak across Australian conferences. I life coach many families. I'm an NDIS provider, so I help lots of people who have a National Disability Insurance Scheme plan, who people who may be on the spectrum or need support with mental disabilities. We just want to help. And if you want to know more information about what I do and what my business does, please jump online to www.greenroom.net.au and my site, mattpersell.com, where you'll find some resources on there too. What things, Dami, have you read, songs you've listened to, artists you listen to, books, people that influence you? How has that affected your life? Let's share some of those things with us because I mm. think... Oh, it's a big question. <laughs> there's a... There's a book that I read very recently called, um, oh God, I'm going to get this right, Riding, Riding Down the Bones mm-hmm. uh, by an author called Natalie Goldberg. And um, it's about how, basically, how you just have to keep doing, keep doing what you are good at. Like, you just have to continue to do it, whether it, whether you have a good day or a bad day doesn't matter you just continue and for me that is I think I believe my calling is to sing and to write songs and mm. tell my story and um, yeah I think sometimes you just feel like oh is this really for me you know like you feel like oh I can't really this is too hard like oh like too, maybe other people can do it maybe I can't mm-hmm. and I read this book where you just it says you, you just got to just do it like whether you might have those thoughts where it tells you you're not good enough or you're it's not for you but but just acknowledge it but keep going keep going with it and and you know that that really resonated me recently um i i really love that book and um sounds awesome yeah that's excellent yeah um you've got like you like you said your life would be pretty interesting compared to maybe the nine to five, like just the average type of lifestyle when you're on the road all the time, um, you're away from sometimes family and friends on the road a lot too. How, how do we manage that? Like, what's a little bit insight into that? Because that's, um, that was difficult for me when I was touring. Um, I did music, I did session work for a lot of artists. Like, it was pretty hard, you know, and I had to really um, make a real conscious effort to, to block times out and mm. that thing. So 
How's that work with you guys, like being on the road so much? Well, for me, it, it helps that I have, you know, a really good family and good church family mm. to go back to. So whenever I go back, like sometimes I'll, I'll miss, you know, their regular activities and church for a while. But then whenever I'm back there, you know, it's still family and we have like a WhatsApp where they just constantly, you know, talk to you, and mm. they they they're so happy to pray for me at any time. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important that you have a community to sort of fall back on, mm-hmm. and you know, people that you're supported by, but you can also support. And you know, and I have super close friends. I, I realize it's it's not how many friends you have, but having like a real good friends, solid friendship where you can just like you can share everything and mm-hmm. having that I think is it's so important to yeah keeping you grounded where yeah. even when things are crazy and you know it's like changing changing uh, locations all the time but mm. yeah just having something solid and yeah yeah of course like having having my faith um, you know just knowing that wherever you go like God is the same and even when you feel you have ups and downs you know god is never changing and is he's always powerful and loving so there are so many shows coming up there's there's shows on the back of your new album um there's one newcastle coming up um there's i'm going to put the link in the show notes for everyone listening so that you can go along and see dami and then next year in in april may is it i think mm-hmm. it's may april may you're going with the boys yes and that's going to be very exciting you got you or hopefully packed out arenas. Where would be the best place for people to go to? Um, my Instagrams are, it's just Dami Im. Yeah. Yeah, I share all my uh, news about the new music that's coming up. And um, yeah, the shows, the show coming up in Newcastle, which is exciting. Yeah, so exciting. Um, yeah, Instagram, Facebook. The best way that we can support Dami, I think with her craft and music, don't, don't forget that Girls like, an artist like Dami is um, really, really gone for it. Like you really sold your like you're sold out to this. It's amazing. This is your life. This is part of your work and expression of who you are. So let's get behind Dami. Let's show show up to her shows. Let's buy her merch. Let's buy as much as things as possible. Let's pull down money where her mouth is and support her wherever she goes. And she's an ambassador for Compassion. So Compassion Australia is an amazing charity that. That sponsors many, many all, um, children, well, children mm. overseas, and um, make sure you follow Dami and Compassion Australia as well. And uh, we can't thank you enough for your time for yeah. taking time out on the on the road. So thanks, Dami, for joining thank us you for having me. Thank <laughs> you for watching. <laughs> thanks for listening to Examine Life podcast with Matt Purcell. I'd encourage you to jump on my website, mattpurcell.com, and you'll find a lot of what I do on there. So I speak, I'm a life coach, I run businesses. I've released a new book on mindfulness and mental health. It's called Life Hacks for Mindful Living. It's a pocket full of practices to help you deal with your stress, your anxiety, and give you some philosophical and psychological tools to win the day. Thanks so much for listening. Keep sending emails, keep sending inboxes with your feedback. We love it. And we can't wait to share our next episode on the Examine Life podcast. Thanks again.